Podcast. My name is James Ian Macmillan. I am your host. And today is Alan Ash Craft sitting next to me to the left, to the left. What's up, Alan? Hello. How's it going? So for those listening at home, Alan is going to join uh, the the show, as it were, and come help out with uh, co-hosting and being a dude. Isn't that true? It is. Yeah, I'm pumped. Dude, super stoked. Super duper stoked, man. Alan's been on the show twice, yeah, I believe. Two times. And we talked about me coming on a third time. That's right. And then, uh, which, you know, we, we made that happen, but there's also going to be a fourth and a fifth. And a fourth and, and a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so technically we, we were uh, true to our word. I yep. feel weird turning to the left like this, too. Mm-hmm. That's already going to be a thing. Yeah, same. Like, I look at you to see what you're saying. I got to turn to my right, but then I have to turn very militantly straight and break eye contact with you like I'm as if I'm lying whenever I talk. In hindsight, you probably should have just stayed over there. That would make way more sense. Yeah. Maybe after the pee break, we'll move it or something. Yeah. But um, moving forward, when we have our couches, we'll we'll angle them in or our chairs or whatever we do. Yeah. um, Just want to let the people know that, you know, the same same is going to continue, but like I mentioned, Alan is going to come the majority of the time, right, Alan? You're going to be the co-host with me as yeah. much as you possibly can. Alan's got two jobs. He's a busy guy. Yeah. And we'll get to all, everything that Alan does. Um, but he's going to be the partner in crime, and we're going to do this together. And, uh, I mean, what what do you expect for the show? What, what do you want What do you want the vibe to be? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm here to save the show, and I think, uh, <laughs> I think I'm, exactly. I'm doing that already. I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, no, anyone I'm, that comes in here is going to do better than me. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all credit to uh, to James. Brilliant idea to bring me in. I'm uh, <laughs> great at uh, talking about myself. And, exactly. And all that. I think it's going to be it's going to be entertaining. And I had a blast the last two times I was here. So Good. It just kind of makes sense to to do it this way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think um, it's important to, you know, we're, we're going to always be. The nucleus of the show, as it were, the core of the show is going to be a music-based show, right? Yeah. We're yeah. music guys. We both grew up playing in bands. He works for a label. I work running a music management company. We're both going to be doing that. We'll interview bands and producers, and it, just like we always have. But we're going to continue to be a general entertainment podcast. We want this to be accessible to everybody. You know, Your parents should be able to listen. Everyone should be able yeah. to digest what we're doing here. Yeah, to where there's you know there's a loose path of of music. If you're into mm-hmm. music or if you have any interest or involvement in the industry, then this will be cool. But um, I want it to still be entertaining. And if if you hate music, if you're one of those few people, or if uh, you know nothing about the the industry, it's still we'll talk about other interesting things. Yeah, exactly. A lot uh, always pop culture stuff, movies and TV shows and things that inspire us in general. Yeah, because I mean, I work at a label, but I also don't go home afterwards and Google <laughs> yeah, music, exactly. no. you know, and just read about music and Wikipedia music. God no, it's not. It's not all I do. So. It's the last thing you'd want to do. Yeah. No, a lot of fart jokes, a lot of dick jokes, yeah. and um, it's going to be mostly that, and that's what we've been doing anyway, just with Alan aboard. Yep. Now we're going to do it X10. X10. Do it pro style. That is correct. Um, for the listeners who maybe haven't heard the couple episodes that you've been on, mm-hmm. maybe give a quick, you know, what, what, what are you doing currently for, for a job? Um, how are you involved in music and ready, set, go? Yeah. So the beginning is, is pretty, um, pretty standard. I feel like it, I was in a band, um, played drums and, and a few, and then one kind of took off. We got signed, did that whole thing. But like many, we were, um, 
super broke, but we wanted all the the cool shit ah, that yes. non broke bands had. Broke. We wanted cool merch and all that, and um, we didn't have the money for it, nor did we know where to go. So I was like, I'll do it. And uh, I never really considered myself an artist, but uh, that was mostly because I can't draw. And then uh, <laughs> I, I, which I find hilarious. Yeah, I came across Photoshop, and I was like, okay, there's a way that I can cheat and create a career out of this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, so I've just been doing that for a while, and that kind of that led to other bands seeing my band stuff and, and freelance kind of taking off, and then eventually um, Rise Records uh, brought me in as a graphic designer, and I uh, was able to kind of merge art and music, which was a thing that I'd always fantasized about, but I assumed I'd have to move to L.A. or New York, or, right? You know, and I'm, I'm not doing that. So uh, clearly not. Yeah, so I was there. I was at Rise maybe eight months or something, just as a graphic designer and. And then I got moved up to uh, art director, and I think all in all, I've been there. July was uh, four years. So, uh, you know, and then on top of that, just still freelancing and just kind of just doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so Alan, the freelance thing is really impressive. You know, to just just so people know, it's not, he's not just a free, like, uh, you know, like a freelance graphic design dude on the side. He's working with, like, major bands. Seven Dust, fucking like David Bowie stuff, yeah, dude. Yeah, David Bowie. Well, I mean, David I think in the Bowie. last the last couple of weeks it was uh, it was Crazy. Avril Avril Lavigne, Muse, what the fuck? Kelly Clarkson, what, and uh, never Allison heard of Chains. Come on, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Honestly, like it, it sounds. Queens of the Stone Age, right here. Yeah. Well, and what? also just to be clear, like I, one of the first things I tell people is, Queens of the Stone Age is not texting me personally. Of course. You know. Of course. And they're not like, hey, dude, you're the shit. No, they have no idea who I am. But uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, there's merchandisers and stuff that are in between. Yeah. Me and the band, and uh, you know, and I, I do what I can. I get a lot more things rejected than approved. Um, but that's just that's the name of the game. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. It's fucking nuts, man. Yeah, it's it's fun. I I honestly I enjoy the shit out of it. It gets annoying. You deal with uh, a lot of like micromanaging people, people that shouldn't really ever give any artistic opinion, and they they will have them in spades. And you just kind of have to. You really got to master that whole like, oh yeah, cool idea, and then don't, and then you don't do it. Like cool idea, <laughs> but I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, and doing you just kind of do you do something better, and and uh, I've been blown away at my success with uh, being told to do one thing, and then. I turn in something that's different but better, and they're like, "Yeah, cool, approved." Like very few people even have the ego to be like, "That's not what I said." You know, they they'll look at it and be like, "Okay, yeah, you're right. I forgot you're you're the designer, right. not me." So that is fucking funny. Yeah. So would you say that a lot of that design stuff um, came? I, I mean, not to, the 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 access to some of these bigger artists and some of the bigger teams. That was that. Because you were at Rise, and some of those connections naturally fell. You know, from honestly, that tree, I, I, you would think so, but I don't. I don't think so at all. Um, I've had a couple things. Uh, I want to say in the last few months, I had a situation like that where I was potentially, and this is especially heartbreaking, just because this is one of the few things that, because um, I've gotten kind of jaded as as a designer. You know, six years ago, uh, a manager or or somebody could tell me, oh, that design you did it's going to be in hot topic right and i do a backflip now i'm just like okay cool. like sounds good yeah just because it's your your it's level natural. Of, we all do that absolutely it's yeah. with anything and the thing is if you don't if you aren't that way that's a problem <laughs> it's a problem because it means that you're never really looking to to grow as an yes. artist or yes so it's it's awesome and if a, a younger designer you know tells me that or, or posts you know i'm a part of some 
some uh, design communities on Facebook or, you know, different websites and stuff. And mm-hmm. a younger designer will post that. And I say congrats because for them, that is a huge, huge deal. Yeah. And I remember the first few times it happened to me. It's awesome. But uh, one of uh, one of the managers uh, that that uh, some of the guys at Rise talked to, he manages Tenacious D. And they were they were looking for something. And so um, uh, someone at Rise came to me and was like, do you think you could do this? And I'm like, I know I could do that. I would love to do that. And uh, it just didn't happen. And that's, you know, with bigger bands, sometimes tours get canceled or shows, you know, get canceled or changed or rescheduled. And yeah. shit just doesn't happen. It wasn't like it wasn't a personal thing. But I was definitely pumped for that. Um, but that was one of the few times that Rise kind of my position at Rise rather uh, was going to bring something to me in that in that way but it's typically just it's two it's two different hustles it's two different sides of my brain it's right i i get to rise i knock out the insane amount of work yeah yep that we have and then i go home at night and it's it's time to crank out whatever has kind of fallen into my inbox during the day okay that's awesome yeah man i'm super excited to have you come you know join the the team as it were on the podcast because you know you you've worked with a lot of people and i think that we can we can invite a bunch of cool people to be on the show because of that. You know, there's there's yeah. bands, and I would love to talk to the dudes at Rise. You know, we can really bring some rad guests here now. Definitely. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a I've got a list in my head already of of some people that I would love to get in here. So. Oh, and the other thing is, Alan and I are going nuts about uh, designing redesigning the studio that we record out of. We're gonna make this room look really good. You know, yeah. video ready, picture ready. We need to. It looks like we're squatting here. Right yeah, it looks now. like we're squatting. It looks like this isn't our spot, and no. we're just like the the actual. And before that, it looked like a fifteen. It looked like my bedroom in high school. Yeah, hundred percent. It was like James. Yep. This is James's room in high school. That's not what we want. I, I'm into it though because I think that you know I, I know that I I'm going to be pumped about the idea of earning it. You know, I didn't. It would have hell yeah. It would have been awesome if you invited me, and then I get here and it's. Uh, you know, it's just a bunch of like mar- marble, you know, floors. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, there's don't like touch five thousand dollar paintings on no. the wall and shit. Yeah, that'd be great, but then I'd be like, eh, this is not mine. Yeah, I don't. I shouldn't really be here. I'm just kind of well. And dude, that's you know, I that's really important to me that this is something that you feel invested in as well. Yeah, you it know, comes. Like, it comes, and I mean, you'll, you'll understand this too. It comes from you know being in bands when you're younger and stuff. That's really I never understood at the time how entrepreneurial that was cuz yeah. you're you're taking something from fucking nothing. You have to create content which is the music, then you have to brand it, you have to market it. You got to do all the and and I didn't realize that that was, you know, when I was younger, I would tell somebody I was in a band and they're like, "Oh cool, so then you also do coke and you uh text underage girls and like it right. was a dirty thing to do. Like you weren't you weren't awesome for being in a band. You were like a gross, like rocker guy. Yeah. But uh, really, it was the best. It was the best education. I was skipping school all those, all those years to have band practice and get this kind of, this skill. And and now it's I'm at a point where I can come into this studio and be like, all right, we need to just like a band, we need to rebuild it. Yes. Let's start moving some things yes. around. Let's make it look better. Let's make it sound better. Alan literally showed up first day of the show. He shows up with a new like sofa. Yep. <laughs> and he's got another one coming. I'm all about the upgrade. Dude, yeah, and you know, we're we're fucking I'm I'm so excited, man. This really is like I just put out the fiftieth episode a while back, like a week and a half ago, yeah. whatever it was. And that that's been a good run. It's been a good year of doing some really fun episodes. You know, Neil and Andrew, you know, I I'll always love those dudes. Yeah. 
and Andrew will probably come hang out with us. I mean, he texted me the other day. He'd love to come on the what we call Dudes Night In. We're just yeah. us. Like we're that would tonight. be badass. Yeah. So he'll 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 come hang out every once in a while for those who have been asking. Um, you know, and Neil, same thing with Neil. It's just like any of the podcasts that we love. Some of the podcasts Alan and I love are the Fighter and the Kid, Joe Rogan podcast, Your Mom's House podcast. Um, what else? Oh Jesus. Uh, for me, congratulations with Chris D'Elia. Yes, I was just going to say D'Elia, and I wasn't sure if... That might be my number one right now. By the way, this is, like, huge for me. This is one of the big reasons I reached out to you, because I yeah. know we share a lot of the same interest in podcasting. Yeah. We're also... I love to... Before we started recording, James was kind of showing me, like, how to do things, and I was understanding it, and he was explaining it like the drummers that we are. Yes. <laughs> we're just, like... It's Pointing. A, almost like that Zoolander scene where they're just, like, punching yes. the computers and shit. Dude. I, I just I heard a lot of words. I heard the word chord a couple times. Yeah. Power maybe. Yeah. Other than that, I got nothing. I, yeah. There's I'll, no way you'd be able to just do it now. Yeah. Yeah. You have to no, put the mic in front of my face and say talk into this thing. I know. I'm the same way. I mean, it's my. Fr- you heard Stefan and Austin laugh at laugh at me last week. Yeah. I couldn't describe what a what was like a headphone splitter. I'm I probably still so. not saying it right. Yeah. I, like, I I don't I, know anything. I blocked it out too. I I couldn't. I was of no use. Of in that no cause. use. Yeah. Yeah, for for the longest time, I would like try to you know uh, Nate and in, in the band I used to play in the days and nights. He would leave the room. I would get the guitar on because that's how we always wrote riffs. When he'd go pee, I'd put the guitar on. Oh, okay. I would start playing riffs and he'd play drums. So like oh, you all guys would switch the first record ha- over half of those riffs were things I came up with wow. and then made it sound better by giving it to a real guitar player. See, that's a huge step above me though because I I still to this day I would love to be able to play guitar. You I can. I think I would be the shit at it. You can in the days and nights. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love those kind of riffs. Those are the funnest riffs to drum to as well. Well, again, it's a drummer. Yeah, a drummer playing guitar. Damn. Anyway, what I was going to say about that is I would try, like, the only thing I could do is if he had everything dialed in and I could just pick up the guitar and turn on the volume knob. But if it was anything past that, I couldn't do a fucking thing. Yeah. If it was like the chain of all the pedals and shit, yeah, like dude, those dude pedals, fuck and he just sit back with his arms folded and laugh, like what is wrong with you, James? Yeah. It's. I mean, it's I a different. Barely language. turn the lights on. It's a different language. It's it like, is. If I tried to learn Mandarin, like I could do it eventually, but right, I, I have to ask myself how much time That's am I willing to invest into this? Is well, and our instrument was p- fucking hitting things as hard as we can with wooden sticks. It doesn't yeah. get more primitive. It, yeah, I have to admit, drums are just, it's a way easier sell. <laughs> it's it really instant is. gratification. Yeah, with guitar, it's just, okay, here's how you string it, and that's that always looks uh, like a fucking nightmare. I know. And then here's, you know, what you do here. And it's expensive and, and shit. Or there's drums. Dude, grab this wood and yeah. beat the shit out of these things. and just. Oh, do you don't have a drum set? Good. Oh, do you have a pillow? Do you have some yeah. cooking spoons? Yeah. Turn them upside down. Yep. That's what I did as a kid. But then then all you got to do is say, uh, the first one, guitar, girls will love that. Yeah. Drums, it's going to be a lot of burly dudes. Tons that, of burly dudes. That, that's going to be your fan base. Yeah. I'll never forget, uh, we were in... So true. Across the Sun was in Houston, and I, uh, whatever band was playing before us, the drummer threw the stick out into the audience, and some just total babe grabbed it, and she was like super excited, and then later I saw them at the merch table, and he was signing it for her, and... She was giving him, you know, these eyes of like, oh, yeah, we're going to hang out later. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do that. So then I throw the stick out and some <laughs> like, essentially he looked like a fat wizard. He grabs it and just follows me around for the rest of the night. Like that was my, that was my punishment for trying <laughs> to score a chick in some way. 
he was just like, bro, how do you do double kicks so fast? Like, God like, damn it. Leave me the fuck alone. Get away, smelly fat guy. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. But that's when I learned. Like, it's so it's also me being in a metal band. Metal bands are not. Oh, yeah. The Days and Nights was like just dude city. Yep. Riff, riff dudes. Yeah, you got to be in Maroon 5 if you want the ladies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, did I ever tell you the first drum set? Did I put air quotes over drum set that, yeah. I, that I had? Ever tell you about this? No, I don't think so. So, when I was really young, my my parent, like really young, like eight, like a kid, my parents would pick up on the fact that I I love drumming. I was just always hitting things, and mm-hmm. and so like you know I did what every young drummer did. I hit pots and pans, yeah, like literal pots and pans, and then I would step up to Tupperware, and I had like my mom's big salad. Tupperware bowl. Oh, yeah. That would yeah. be like Those my floor awesome. tom. Mm-hmm. Destroyed that. I broke everything she had. C- cooking spoons, the whole nine yards. And my dad, he works as a structural inspector. And so he, part of that job is to test concrete. And so you test the concrete with these plastic cylinders. By the way, that's my day job if I've never told right, you. That's yep. what I do. And so part of you take these plastic cylinders, you fill a certain amount with concrete, and then you test those in a lab, right? And so he took these cylinder molds and cut them in different sizes. And so that was like my first drum. So I was like nine, or 10, something like that. Damn. And it was like the sweetest thing he ever did. And so we set that up in my drum set. We had like little stands for him and everything. Jeez. And so once he saw that like I would do that, then he went and bought me my fr- first drum set. That is sick. I bought a, a Max, M-A-X-X. It's not even a brand anymore, I don't think, for That's 500 insane. I was going to ask you what your first... Yeah, I never heard of yeah. that. Yeah, of course you haven't. I mean, who has? Mine was Let's a... see if uh, still a thing. Mine was a Thomas Wingstar. Oh, that's a nice first yeah. kit, dude. Yeah, which I didn't know. At the time, Like, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then later on, I got different kits, and I was like, man, my first one was... Because that wasn't even... The, the kit above Thomas Wingstar was uh, Thomas Rockstar. Yeah. And I, it wasn't that's what even... That's played. Yeah, and so I was just like, man... So I see used Max kits on Guitar Center here. There is a used Max SP drum kit for eighty dollars. <laughs> and that is like that's a proper yeah, kit. That's dude. a five piece. That's a five piece kit, bro. Mine was all white. I had one symbol. So real quick, Google if if that's what a Max drums and that's used. You said yeah. Just Google just a first act drum kit. That's the shittiest kit I can think of first right now. First act drums. Oh yeah, those are like terrible. So is that about the same price right there, brand new? Um, I feel like that first one said seventy-five. This one? Yeah, if that's even first act. My eyes are terrible. I cannot see that. Yeah, we got to get you a lappy toppy. Yeah, seventy-four ninety-nine. There you go. Oh my! So that's like kid. Yeah, that is. That's barely. Barely not a toy. Yeah. How old were you on in, in this era? I was 14. My story with how I started is the most Allen thing ever. I essentially, I got mad at my mom over, I can't even tell you what it was. I think she told me to stop playing Tekken. I was playing like Tekken 3 or something. <laughs> She's like, I've told you for three days to do the dishes, go do it. And I was, sure. like, I was like, no mom, frick you. And I just left. And uh, I remember I got all the way down to the, the uh, railroad tracks, which were maybe 200 yards away. And then I was like, dude, this being homeless thing sucks. I'm going home. Yeah, so I go back home. And she, uh, you know, naturally, she locked the door. So she's like, no, you're going to run away. You're going to stay outside see, for a yeah. while. And so I, I just knocked on the door forever. I was like, I will literally never, I will die knocking on this right, door. Like, right. if you think your ego is bigger than mine. And I'm, you know, this just pissed off 14-year-old. And then just regular knocking started getting boring. So I did what, at the time, I had no idea were uh, polyrhythms. 
I just started doing paradiddles and <laughs> all this wild shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my stepdad is this, uh, just this insane like butt rocker. He's just in a ton of like he loves like Ingve Malmsteen and Joe Satriani. He's just like Prague. Yeah, yeah. he loves Dream Theater. Yeah, yeah. He, but then he also loves uh, Jesus, Quiet Riot, and Dawkin and slaughter and yeah. rainbow and i because of him i can name 600 80s bands nice but uh he looks at my mom and he just goes we got to get that kid a kit <laughs> that's fucking and mad. she was like i'm not gonna reward him with a drug because right. he's annoying the shit out of us after he decided to run away yeah. and uh, a week later i had a kit and uh that's dope just played the shit out of it i listened to Thanks slipknot to was like that. my first big band it was for me it was like slipknot metallica pantera tool and uh I would just listen to that shit and try to copy it and fail and get pissed and throw the drumsticks and and all that. But, uh, yeah. That's how you started. Yeah. How old are you now? uh, Just turned 32 in October. Okay. I thought you were 32 for some reason. Mm -hmm. I'm 35. So we're we're close ish. At Mm -hmm. least we're in the same same era. Yeah. 30s is all the same in the 30s. Yeah. I agree. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like when, because I remember thinking you were like way younger than me. Back in the day, yeah, but yeah. in reality, you weren't. I mean, but bef- that's just how that goes. Before my beard, I mean, I already like right now. I get carded constantly, but before my beard, not only did they think I was fourteen, they thought maybe I was a woman too. Like <laughs> a lot of people, like I got a really young face. I have a young slash alternate gender face. Like I look like a fourteen-year-old lesbian, <laughs> non-binary. Yeah. So luckily, this uh, the the beard helps out a little bit. Now people that's think good. I'm maybe twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. But, I think uh, you look a solid. 30, that's 28. Cool. I'm waiting. 28 to 30, I'd say. Yeah. Um, well, on my dad's side of the family, we I swear to God, there's a little bit of vampire in there where we just, I mean, he's, I think he's 60, maybe just a few years before that. And uh, he, I had a friend knock on uh, my dad's door once and I wasn't there. And my dad answered. And my friend told me later he thought my dad was me, but I had just woken up from a nap. <laughs> so he said my dad just looked like a tired version of me. Meanwhile, my dad is, you know, 30 years older than right, I am. Right, right, of course. It's good genes, though. I'm not complaining. Where's Where's your dad? Is he Is he around? Yeah, yeah, he's in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Nice. Yep, doing his thing. He works for, uh, what is it? What is it called? Something super important. It's, uh... The FBI. It's for, it's for the government. I mean, close. It's, uh, Homeland Security. That's oh, what really? It is. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. That's way cool. But it, what's weird is, like, it's Homeland Security, but... I wish I could say that. He also... It's weird. Like, the umbrella term is Homeland Security, which is badass. But then at the same time, and he'd be the first to tell you this, he's he just inspects, uh, like, railroad lines. Right. So, uh, of all of the facets of Homeland Security, it's, like, the least... Uh, least cool. S- least sensitive. Does he carry a gun? Uh, I, that, I don't know. I want to say no, but uh, he has his license. Like, he's got yeah, yeah. he's got several guns. Like, I, I love guns, man. Yeah. People dude. know that about me. Yep. They're dope. Well, uh, a hard turn into something else, dude. I, I, as people know, I love playing YouTube crap on here and talking about things in the world. Have you heard about the Punk Rock NBA YouTube channel? Um, I hadn't until oh, you, I think that's right. I you texted, you texted it to me. Yeah, the yeah. dude is a uh, he's he's a great speaker. Oh, he's rad. Yeah. I, I emailed him the other day to see if he'd be on the show. So if you're listening, I want you on the show. Yeah, he'd he'd be perfect. I didn't go on a like a YouTube rabbit hole like I should have. I just yeah. watched whatever the first Dude, video that popped dope. up was. It's dope. Is that like uh, the first one? Because you reminded he was saying, "How did Slipknot get so big?" That's mm. one of the videos he, he did. See, I would have clicked on that shit so hard if I would have seen it a few days ago. Dude, he does like 
you know, it's, I mean, it's a YouTube channel, so it's kind of all over the place. And it's some, some are more like a podcast where he's just kind of talking and he'll like get his laptop open and, you know, like culture and music bands that should have been bigger. Um, what killed genre? Like what killed skate punk? What killed post hardcore? What killed deathcore? And then the, the one that I love is how do they get so big? And yeah. he'll, he'll break down like Green Day, how do they get so bag? big? Slipknot, Fall Out Boy, A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon. And, uh, you know, he's like, he's probably my age. He looks a, maybe a little bit older, I want to say, right, right around my era, I would say. Um, but he's like an old hardcore dude, you know, so he's got yeah. like the flat rimmed hat and, you know, he's like snap case and like refuse. And yeah, although like I love that kind of music. So I was instantly kind of attracted to that vibe. Um, but anyway, I figured I'd bring it up and maybe we could play a few clips here. He's he's fucking cool, like really, really informative. And I think for like the how do they get so big ones that he does, they're they're a little bit more polished and like heavily edited. Right. But the other ones are just super relaxed and he's just kind of talking. More my vibe. Um, so there's. And there's it is really them. fucking hard to be a sick metal band. Here. They're playing in the middle of the day, and it is really fucking hard to be a sick metal band when you're playing at lunchtime in a parking lot, right? But they did it. They brought that absolutely savage live show every day. He's from Washington, What's too. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenzie. Oh, that's right. This yeah. is Punk Rock 68, uh, and welcome back to episode Snow number four. Yeah, he said something like that. How they like got that. big yeah. series, in which I reverse engineer how important bands got big. Today's episode is about one and of the most important metal bands of the last 20 years, Slipknot. I actually met Clown once. Side it's really cool, because he, he like there's so many things on here that I had never thought of. Like, I didn't know that. So for people who don't know, Slipknot is the nine-piece metal band, and they wear masks, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't say success, right? Right. Like that doesn't tell me that they're going to be huge arena, billboard charting, major label band. Well, and the, yeah, and they were like they're from what? a time where you could get signed having never toured, and I believe never played a show together. Something and like they, you know, when they released that album, I think it, maybe it was more of an EP, but Mate Feed Kill Repeat was their first, uh, their first release. And they, I mean, but I their first record they spent forty thousand dollars on is that the self titled, yeah, yeah. And he talks about that, he's like, Who does that? I mean, that's such dedication. It's, it's, di yeah, it was just a different time. It's, it's some shit that you just wouldn't see. It was also, you know, it wasn't pre internet, but, but, but it it's was not early, internet. but I have to push it because it's not just the time. Like these guys were really calculated in how they did it. Yeah. Oh, that like, I totally believe as yeah. well. They were, I mean, they took not only did they, of the time for sure. Totally. Yeah. And they had, it was, they were a bit of a, uh, you know, they just, they were kind of a monstrosity. I think people, yeah. people were just, it was peculiar and was they wanted insane. to, yeah. I, I mean, I was attracted to it. I remember Me too. the first I got record that, was fucking dope. That self-titled record. I literally got that. I was such a poser when I bought it because I was, it was a uh, seventh grade and our field trip. This is how poor my school district was. The field trip was we get to go to the mall. So we went to the, <laughs> we went to the Vancouver mall and, uh, my mom gave me 20 bucks. Cause that's almost how much CDs were back then. Right, right, right. And, uh, and I was like, all right, what do I want here? And there was this girl I really liked. She was next to me. So I had to pretend like I knew everything about every album that was in front of me. I was like, oh, yeah, that new Slipknot album. I've been really excited about these guys. And yeah. I just purchased it knowing nothing about it. And then uh, it ended up being, you know, a huge, huge album for me. I think it just hit uh, – how many how many years old is that album now? It just hit something insane. Like maybe um, – It couldn't have – It's got. I mean, it's like late 90s or something, right? Or yeah. is it early 2000s? I almost said 25 years. I don't think that's what it is. Slipknot. Um, 
so self-titled on the right. No, those are songs. There you go. Yeah, that's smart. Discography. Discography. 1999. Dang. Self-titled Slipknot. Yeah, okay, so maybe it was, so is that 20 years then? Yeah, it's, uh, yep, 19 years. So. Or almost 20, yeah. So nuts. Yeah, I mean, just crazy. Like, yeah. So crazy. And, and that, then that the, cover that, was shot in front of uh, Sean, number six, the clown, shot in front of his garage. Yeah, and so he talks about clown number one, how he was like such a huge architect for the band's success. Okay, that makes sense. And a lot of people don't know that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he was so dedicated to the look and like. So, uh, wait, clown one, which, because number. I think he says that. Number clown one is Joey Jordison, which is the um, drummer. Oh, I, I bet not. I bet it's number six, Sean, who because I he does a shitload for the band. Then it's clown six. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's because so when they say six, that's just number six in the yep. band, right? Yeah, yeah. They yes, it is six. You're right. It's this guy. So it goes. Yep, you're right. So like one is Joey, two was Paul, who is now deceased, the bass player. Yep. Uh, three was Chris, Chris Fenn, Chris Fien, who is the the long nose dude. Okay. And then uh. Yeah, and then just goes on from there. But right, but yeah, six. Uh, Sean Sean Crahan or Cron, uh, he I, from what I understand, he was a, a huge. He was huge with like huge. he would decide like when their masks would change. Yes, he was big on like the creative direction of that. Like the, uh, the details were so nuts. Like the pace in which they walked out on stage, the way they tied their shoelaces. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, the level of detail, and it's funny because he goes over. He's like, you know, and and it sounds like. You know, because you've seen shitty bands do this stuff and it doesn't work for them. You're like, God, the delusions of grandeur are so crazy. Mm-hmm. They're sitting here talking about how they sh- tie their fucking shoelaces. Yeah, They're yeah. clearly never going to make it. But for Slipknot, there is not only did they they concentrate on the brand, the image, their dedication, what they're doing, but the music was so unique and so like legitimate. And, you know, and real, whether you like him or not. I'm actually not even the biggest fan of Slipknot, but that right. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about this guy in his show is he, he makes that really clear. He's like, this isn't a channel about what I like. Right, <laughs> That yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. And like you were talking about earlier, that a lot of people don't realize that you are an entrepreneur if you're in a band yeah. or if you're in the music industry really at all. And he's similar to you. He's a design guy. Right. I think I'm pretty sure he's like a market. He comes from a I'm marketing. I'm almost positive world. the video I saw he was talking about designing for Nike. And yeah, yeah, he's design marketing world or something. Like some that. Shit. What I loved was he uh, he talked about like designing for hardcore bands, but also he did some stuff for Febreze. Yes, and exactly, Swiffer exactly. And I was like, that is a portfolio, and that's dope because like he points that out. Like you know, you are you are if you get into punk rock, to if you like if you think that people who make bands or make money, I can't talk, people who make money in bands are selling out. Yeah. Then, and that's somehow not punk rock anymore. It's like, no, the whole point of punk rock is to do this shit by yourself. Yeah. To do it with no, to, to answer to nobody. You're starting your own thing. Yeah, that's also something you just legit can't even give like, any credence to because there's nobody on the face of all. the planet that's bawling out of control that points at somebody else and goes, you've sold out. I know. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't su- exist. Successful people are not, they're too busy succeeding to- yep run around it's typically it's a it's a bitter dude i've been that bitter dude before it's like that band sucks they're fuck but it's just because really mine sucked yeah you suck yeah. exactly yeah and you want what they have and that's also just like i mean the only the only thing selling out only means that you're doing something against what you believe in yeah your morals your moral compass if you've changed that north star yeah for for money or for something else then yeah you sold out 
Yeah, and and what band when they first start out isn't focused on getting huge? Getting huge. That's, that's the fucking. That's point. kind of the goal, and then you finally get there, and somebody's like, "You've diverted." What? No, I haven't. This was this was plan one from the very. And beginning. it doesn't belong to you. It's the band's music. Yeah. All good bands write music for themselves. It's a selfish thing. Yeah, it's just it's so not much for you. It's so much easier just to not listen to the band and go listen to something else than it is yes. to freak out and, and i know you know well, it's like a lot of you know freedom of speech arguments these days like people like if you don't like something on a, a stand-up comedian special or you don't like a thing on netflix or whatever it is change the fucking channel watch something else yeah it's not for you then yeah recreational outrage it's it's, it's, it's a insane. real thing it becomes people's hobby yeah and it really like validates their pathetic life yeah yeah absolutely it's terrible it's the weirdest thing. I'll never, I'll never understand it. Either will I. I really won't. And it's like, and we come from a world where the whole point is to do, to do what you want on your own terms. Yeah. You know, and and how could you possibly fault someone for doing that? And just because it offends you specifically, like that has nothing. That's your problem. It's not yeah. their problem. Absolutely. Be better. Be less sensitive. My other favorite thing on. about this guy in the video that that you, uh, well, I don't think you sent me a video, but you, you know, you told me about him, and then I just watched whatever the top video on his page was. He has two hate breed tattoos. Oh, really? That's incredible. That is incredible. That is that's got to be devotion. If he doesn't personally know Jamie Josta, then I I don't know I don't know what's up. That's he insane. also he started the URM Academy. Do you know what that is? Yeah, he kind of he described it in the video that I saw. They uh, like Chris Crumman is right there. He's on the. Oh, that's nuts. Our boy, Mixing Dance Gavin Ants. I know that guy. To rise where you work at. Yep. Um, yeah, so like URM Academy, I think they do more like uh, like uh, teaching, educational type stuff, I think. And they also have a podcast. You know, like this one is, how to use stereo widener plug-in. So it's kind of dorky engineer stuff. Right. But they also do a podcast, and he's been on that, I think, a few times. That's legit. One time I hit my drums as hard as I could when I was tracking with Chris Crummett. And then at the end of the uh at the end of the cut, he just goes, uh, come on, dude, you can hit harder. Yeah. And the whole time I was tracking, I was like, I'm hitting as hard as I can. I know. And then we stopped and he goes, You can do better than that. Like not even <laughs> not even like motivating, no not even sympathy. like, come on, dude. I, he's like, Bro, come on. Do you have to come understand the world that we grew up like Stefan, Chris and I and and the dudes in Hillsborough, we were so hard on each other. Yeah, yeah. So mean to each other. Oh, I mean, it's important. Stefan and Josh Timmon and I used to be in a band called Tabana way back in the day. And they used to write hit and I'm gonna say a bad word so everyone plug your baby <laughs> ears. They'd say, Hit harder, faggot. Yeah. On every one of my drums. Oh, I believe it. So yeah. that was back in the day when the old F word was just thrown around. Yeah, whenever I'd be ease. playing drums at home, my mom would say the same thing to me. She would look, she would look right in the den and just say that to me. You're like, Mom, that's yeah. super intense, I'm Mom. Like, what are you doing? I'm hitting as hard as I can, Mom. It's like, get harder, faggot. Yep. <laughs> Alan, my son. God, it, she did it in a loving way, though. Yeah, but it worked, right? Because then you it hit did. harder. I do. I, you're not an F word. I hit as hard as I think I can. I don't know. Crummit disagrees, but that's okay. He gets Boy, some of the best takes out of first me. First episode with us, and I'm just coming out swinging with the hard F words. That's this how it's going to be. Man. This, yeah, that is what, you know what? You're fucking right. That's what it's going to be. Everyone can fucking deal We're with it. We're letting people know right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. If you're not into it, get. Hit yep. the fucking road, dickbag. So, yeah, check out that YouTube account. Highly recommend it. It is educational. Is that the next thing we're going to talk about, what I just saw, the Jim, Jim Acosta thing? We can. We can go right into current events, bro. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's I've do been, it. I've been watching. So my, my new thing, I just, for 
a lot of people that, that are listening probably don't know this, but I just bought a house and uh, it's a very adult thing to do. So naturally, a part of, of buying that house is every morning I force myself to watch CNN because I feel like that's Ooh. the next step As in being a fake adult. Yeah. Yes. You buy a house and then you force yourself to watch CNN every morning. So this Jim Acosta thing has just been on like crazy. and uh, it's crazy. And now there's CNN's going to sue President Trump and it's just – you know, Dude, it, it's nuts. It, the whole thing is bananas. It's a little played out to say, but I mean, it's just so true that we just we live in a simulation. Everything yes. feels. It doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. I heard. Oh, uh, Delia was talking. Chris Delia was talking about it earlier today. That. Um, Oh, don't even say what I think. The rapper. Yes, dude. So that's What's one of my name? show notes. Akon. Akon. Akon's running for president. Is it well, really? Akon might run for president in 2020. I mean, what uh, the hell's happening? So good. Well, I mean, at this point, it's like we got this this orange asshole. You know, he's, he's such a douche. He's able to do whatever he wants. So I, I feel like it's not weird for Kanye or Akon to be no, like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm the next. Floodgates. Yeah. The Rock is going to run. Fucking Oprah is going to run. Yeah. It's getting to the point where people are like, "We need Oprah to run." When, I know. when have you ever heard people say that? I know. But then when you when you have Trump in there, it's just like, okay, legit. I'll take Oprah. Anybody's I'll take the better. Rock. Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because like you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and I just dropped my phone. Stand by. How, you know, like in back in the day, and you hear people say this all the time in in Trump's defense that, well, it's refreshing that he's not a politician. You hear <laughs> right. that all the time. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, and there was, there is some validity to that. There is some truth to that. Like it is kind of nice to have someone that's not a Clinton, a Kennedy, a Bush, uh, you know, like this. Oh yeah, I understand family. the concept for sure. Of yeah. course, but in reality, you, what other fucking job do you want someone that's not qualified, that's yeah. unexperienced? Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get your job as the head of design at a label if you've never designed a goddamn thing. Right. Well, it's like it's like, like what getting are you talking me, about. It's like getting me to play for the Lakers, and then fans go. It's just it's nice to have somebody that's not a basketball it's just player. Not a basketball player. It's really nice. You know, he's in just, there. He knows yeah. a lot about Photoshop. He has yet to make a point, but it's right. just it's nice to have somebody that knows nothing about the sport. He just says it like it is. Yeah, it's, like, it's the what? weirdest thing. I mean, huh? but I, I get it. People are gonna, you know, they're they gonna justify. Change. They're gonna justify their agenda, and it's, yeah, and there's literally you know, nothing he can do at this point to. You know, people that follow him will never not follow him. Right. You could find out that he murders kittens every night, and yeah. people are just be like, "Yeah, cool. I, I knew that." Yeah, sounds right. You hear a lot of people now too. They they say that. Uh, I remember Dave Chappelle making this point, and, and I've heard it from a few other people that maybe we needed one of, if not the worst Republican ever, to to get that position, so that. It encourages people to vote because mm-hmm. it's kind of like this is your punishment. This mm-hmm. is this is what this is what going to happen, and it will kind of also create this this position where it's now because I guess it's it's gone back and forth from Republican to Democrat in terms of presidency, and so now this will solidify that we absolutely will have a Democrat next time. But, Maybe, but I worry that it because uh, that's a great point. There's there's a lot there's a lot to it. I understand the the logic with it. But I also worry that it just sets this precedent of like, see, we can have like weirdos in there I too. Know. And maybe it just goes the other way. It That's gets the even thing. Weirder. Me and you, we were talking about it off uh, mic the other day. Like we're pretty much pretty centered politically guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we, we probably both would objectively be considered more liberal, I would imagine. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. To most people. And you know, like I'm pro choice and I'm pro gamer or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but like I also. Am completely worried about the far left. The far left are out of their fucking minds right now. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that that is a huge concern for me, too. Someone that is, like, way big on federal government and more government. Like, that's... Dude, I you know, like, I really am a punk rock, punk rock kid, and I, I believe in those ethics of, like, less is more. Like, let right. me live my life. You live your life. As long as we're not killing each other. Well, I, I feel like anytime the word so, far anyway. or extreme is there, it just means... It, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's just... it's you want to be a little more moderate than that, I guess. I, I, but you know, yeah, some people, no, and, it, and you're right. It's team spirit. Too. I think balance, balance is the key to a lot of things. And, and when you're, you know, when you're far left or far right, it, you know, it's, I think more bad than good will come of it. But I'm also like, I'm the first one to say that I'm politically, I am not, I'm not as aware as I, as I should be. Yeah. I don't even well, really you're busy running your, your life. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, sure. and that's the thing. It's like, Trump being in office is it's a macro thing, right? Like it does matter who's in office. Of course it matters. But it doesn't change your it's not gonna make you work harder. It's not gonna make you work less harder. It's not gonna make your job happen or not happen. It's not gonna make you get better grades. It's not gonna make you be a better drummer. It's not gonna make your marriage work or not work. That is on you. Everything is on you. Yeah. This is your time to shine, baby. Yeah, so true. You know, like self-reliance and self-responsibility is huge for me. Oh, absolutely. It means everything. Yeah, 100%. Do what you say you're going to do. Be And the other, it's like, that's that's super liberating. Yeah. That's really liberating to know that you're in control. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. If, if I, that's a good if there's thing. a situation, if I have a discord with somebody, I was just telling somebody this the other day, I, I love taking accountability for that. Like if, if I have an issue with somebody... I like to make it my fault because I feel like I'm more in control of changing my shit than somebody else's. Right. So it's just so much easier to be like, you know what? I was a dick yesterday. My bad. I got this and that going on. Uh, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do better in the future. I'm gonna change this thing or. Yeah. You know, open up communication and just make it about you. One, because like I said, I have more control that way. And two, it's just you're not gonna get people being very receptive if you're like, hey, listen, we had that argument yesterday. So maybe you know, think about not being such a dick. And, you know, there yeah. no one's going to go, yeah, no. you're right. Yeah. And people don't want to hear, well, that's because it's so-and-so's fault. Or that's yeah, yeah. or it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Jocko Willink is? Mm-mm. I'm surprised you don't because he's kind of oh, in that yes, circle. Yes, I do. He's a, like kind of a built dude. Navy SEAL dude. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And I highly recommend that book. It that's sick. changed, not changed my life, but it was a huge inspiration for me. Yeah. I highly recommend that book. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's. It is a book, a, an analysis of responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and he, you know, he has a unique uh, background where he was a Navy SEAL, like I mentioned, many tours to war all around the world. And and then when he gets out of the military, he starts a, a consulting firm with another fellow Navy SEAL dude and they consult businesses and people like teams and or whatever um, about leadership and like how to fix this company's problems and it's always the same message it doesn't matter if it's war a podcast a band a business it's always it's not that it's always your fault it's that like if like with the podcast like if something doesn't go wrong that was it's all on me like mm-hmm. if i didn't keep if someone's um say they they didn't be, bring the microphone that i thought they're gonna bring or something yeah. stupid right that's my fault for not getting on the horn and saying hey we need you to bring this thing yeah or at your job you know you know you know what i'm saying like Absolutely. It's, it's at the end of the day it's your responsibility 
to make things happen around your world. Yes, yeah, it's also just a more efficient way to live too because yes. once again, you can control your actions so much easier than you can somebody else's. That's and right. You don't know what they're going through That's and, right. and, and all that. So. Yeah, and he goes to like really intense examples of that, like yeah, people caught... dying in war and stuff, and he'll yeah. say like, that was my fault. Yep. Really yeah. intense. And that and that's heavy too. I can't imagine, can't imagine yeah. holding on to that. Because he's like leading men into battle, you know, and like yeah. it's uh it's really intense stuff. But it, it translates to so many things that we're doing. Yeah, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that a lot too. Hey, Gary V. That's right, you're a Gary V guy. Yep. And this is meant to be. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, back to the Acosta thing. Uh, Jim Acosta is a CNN reporter, right? Mm-hmm. He was at the White House press event or whatever it was. I don't remember what the fuck it was. And it was he was a- asking very challenging questions to Trump. Trump didn't like him. He's kind of being a brat about it. And, you know, I, I'm like, tr- just to be clear, Trump, as usual, doesn't handle anything well. He's a fucking, you know, he's... Uh, we all know he's a 15 year old he's yeah. a 15 year old yeah. but jim acosta is like he thought that it was his turn to talk and he kept talking over the president of the united states whether you're like trump or not there is some sort of like you know be somewhat cordial in right this event. yeah and so eventually trump just gets more and more angry than upset and he like starts insulting him <laughs> you're a bad person and like, See, that's it, the thing. crazy. Trump it's, brings this on himself because he's he's clearly an insecure dude. Most insecure people get extreme in one way or another. That's why yeah. with Trump, everything's always tremendous or perfect, yes. or it's the worst thing he's the ever worst seen. Thing ever, the, yeah. the fact that he can't live in the middle anywhere is the that's the biggest sign of insecurity. And I think a lot of people like Jim Acosta, they they smell that on him and they realize you're so easy to stand up to. Yeah. All I got to do is just kind of hold my position a little bit. You're such an insecure dude. Yeah. Uh, and so he does that. And to your point, yeah. you know, maybe not the best thing to do, but he wants to get his questions out, and he's probably got some boss breathing down his neck that's like, yeah. I want you to get some some actual answers out of Trump. Yeah, CNN, I mean, again, I'm centered guy. CNN isn't like the trusted news for me, right. but either is Fox. And they're all they, – they all have – been very clear about what side they're on yeah it's hard to know what is the trusted news now i know it's 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 you yeah <laughs> it's you and your own filter and you have yeah, to go true. out and, and find the truth but uh yeah and jim costa he does have a history of doing this like if you i've because i kind of went on like a, a deep rabbit hole with some of his stuff and he does that a lot like every time he's in because it's like monday through friday they go to the white house press room and they ask questions and he's always the one guy that's talking over people. He always uh, expects that he gets a follow-up question when mm-hmm. no one else does. So it is kind of he's he's very pushy that way. But the point is, he, the way that the president handled it is so fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's the whole thing is so crazy. It and really is. So he ended up kicking him out. They took his his pass away, right? Yeah, isn't that what it is? And they then took they his, yeah, and then they eventually uh, just said all of CNN can't be at the white house and i think oh i didn't know that i'm pretty sure that's what the lawsuit is is over holy shit yeah. well let's let's play this video see if we can get an uh, idea in, of what's in going midterms on. that here, this, here we go that well if let's you don't go, mind mr president that this caravan was an invasion as you know, I, I consider it to be an as invasion. you know mr president caravan was not an invasion it's a it's a a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling me that. And why, why did you why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants in so this election no, to try I to want keep them? I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. 
I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need the people. You're no campaign. On. Why does he look the way that he looks? I don't know. I, I was just thinking about it. that, too. What, why is he tanning every day? What's it with could, his eyes here? It could be a tactic so that when he's saying things to you, you're just looking at his weird-ass face and hair. Yeah. And then you're not – by yeah. the time he's done talking, you're just like, I'm just going to say okay because I wasn't listening at all. It's a valid theory. Yeah. And a, all right. Let's keep going. Can, your wait, wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Yeah. Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. Right. They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of you know miles what? away. That, that's not an invasion. It's not an invasion. You know what? Away. That, that's not an invasion. Should, honestly, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. It's an insane right. thing to say to well, a journalist. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. If, if I may ask like one other question. Mr. President, that's well, enough. I was going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. President. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other question. If I may ask on the Russia investigation, are you concerned that that you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried oh about God. indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working rude, for CNN. Rude, terrible person. He's a terrible person. I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee. He's supposed to be a leader. Yeah. Like, again, Jim Acosta was being kind of annoying. That's right. fine. But you can imagine whether you like Obama or not, he was a statesman. Yeah. Right? You can imagine the same exact scenario and how that would have been handled. Yeah, it's true. And I miss it. Yeah, he was. Miss Obama it. was just smooth. Smooth, man. He would have. He would have let that roll off. He would yeah. have just handled it. He would have like made a joke. He and could tolerate would, more. He tolerate. But you know, then you know. you're going to hear people though. To to what we're saying, a lot of people are going to say like, "Is that the the job of the president to tolerate things?" And and then that's where you get in this weird gray area. Because yeah. no, I guess not. But guess not. It. I mean, at the same time though. Uh, it Trump is his is job just, to ask questions from the press, though. Right. I mean, this is just going to continue. He's not a to be, dictator. He's not a king. Is, it's going to continue to be fodder for, uh, you know, laughing at Trump and considering I him. Know. He. I mean, he's going to go down as the the worst president we've ever had, or at the, the very problem least, is though the we, least respect. We live in a bubble, Alan. Yeah, true. That you is go, true. Too. Go into some like right, more conservative, right wing, like podcast or like a guy that I check in every once in a while, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with nearly half of the things this guy's talking about, mm -hmm. but he's eloquent and he's at least like, yeah, I love Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I mean, the reason there's a reason he's so popular, right? Yeah. And my, you know, his, his outlook on this is a little bit different than ours. Yeah, he but I'll say, tell you why that is, though. It's because he he does what I wish everybody would do, which he does focus on just the politics of Trump, which if you can do that, that's awesome. It's just so hard. Like, as you and I are watching this, we look at, like, his weird-ass face and his, I know. And his hair. I know. and We get personal And this and weird, character. like, index finger-pointing thing that he does is very effeminate. Super weird. And just his overall insecurity. Like, those, once again, as a non-political dude, those are the things that I'm going to pick up on. And it's just, you know— Trump being in the White House is just a it's a different season of like uh, uh, basketball wives yeah. or Real, or rock yeah. of love or it's yeah, the yeah. same thing for me, which is it's a reality show It's a little dark He's a reality star. It's a reality show. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I think that Ben Shapiro will actually because he, he wouldn't disagree with any of that. He would yeah. be like, yeah, he's a strange looking dude. And like yeah. the, the grab him by the pussy thing. That's he's pretty, not a moral guy. Pretty deplorable. And but then he'll say in terms of his. Uh, the things that he's done as the president, like different laws or different, you know, whatever the initiatives. Yeah, his pr his presidency is that of a conservative president right. so far. Yeah, which has actually been very surprising to a lot of people. Yeah, because he 
He comes across as a populist, and he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. He is. Yeah. That's yeah. the crazy thing about Trump. He, he's never been a historically conservative guy. Yeah. He's buddies with Hillary Clinton. He was like a liberal New Yorker guy for right. years. Yeah, he, he was. He, so he he played the part that needed to be played. He's a very smart guy. He gets the deal done in any room he's in. And right now he's in the room of the White House. So he plays the part of like, well, what's the antithesis of what's been happening? The Let's be as like, you know, prodding and far right conservative as I can. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's it's a it's a character he's playing. A hundred percent, yeah. But uh anyway, let's keep playing. Be is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter, go in, ahead. in Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a this is the best part, right? Well, I'm not a big fan of yours either. He had that shit in his pocket. I'm not a big fan of yours either. You are the best. Mr. President, you it's repeatedly... Insane. Over the course okay, of Okay, just sit down, please. Just sit down. Well, when you, when you report fake news... No. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead, the Mr. President. The enemy of the people. Yep. Yeah. That's so intense. And the thing is, like, I don't know, whatever. It's just so many people believe it. Yeah. They're like, he's right. Because, I mean, the the thing about Trump and what makes him so genius in a way, if you can say that, is that he is right. That's what's scary. Right. Is yeah, that and CNN does embellish. They do have a motive. They are out for Trump. Mm-hmm. That's how they make money, right? It's, yeah. That is a tactic, but they're not the enemy of the people. Yeah, that like is for sure. Take it down that's like seven heavy. notches. Yeah, it's super heavy. Very heavy. Yeah, and uh, I I just get the vibe that Trump. Look at his face. He just wishes no one was there. Yeah. He by the way, this is like one of very few press things that he actually does where he answers questions. He almost oh, never does it now. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Sarah Huckabee does it all for him. Yeah, he's getting skewered every time. Yeah, he's the only president that doesn't do that. He, he probably showed up to this shit super defensive, and that's I, why this Jim Acosta shit happened. I think Ben Shapiro mentioned it, that he his only, like, he's doing the bare minimum and maybe even less than the legal amount that a president's supposed to do, because yeah. they have an obligation to to answer questions from the people, which right, is the yeah. press. And, uh, you know, like Obama would do it all the time, and, and Clinton loved mm-hmm. it. He loved like getting yeah. battles with journalists. They it's all love doing it, but Trump just avoids it as much as he can. Yeah, he's not into it. No, he just gets it's super personal for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a weird time, dude. I know. Weird fucking time. All right, let's see what else I had saved here. Alan Ashcraft, uh, president. Okay. Oh, dude, the California fires. Yep. Good fucking god, man. So crazy. Oh, my God. So it's gone to 59 lives. I wrote down yeah. 44 in my notes. Yeah, that's the last thing I heard was 44. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... Uh, Deadliest fire in California history. He was doing, like... Uh, I can't. I think what I heard was a, a football field uh, every three seconds. Yeah, I heard an acre a second at one point. Because I, I think a lot Not of us, anymore. at least for me, I always assumed, like, you know, the, the fires are, are devastating and they, they tear apart people's homes and property and that sucks, but... yeah. You know, how does it really consume a life? Because you can outrun it. I guess this mm-hmm. one, you legit can't outrun no. it. Think about how terrifying That's a that concept be. I never really thought about. You can't yes. outrun the fire. No, no, you cannot. Let's That's see just if volume the here. scariest thing it I can think of. Round an air campaign against the most devastating collection of wildfires in California's history. In California's Two history. Two of the largest yeah. blazes, the Woolsey Fire outside Los Angeles in the south, and up north, the Camp Fire outside Sacramento. 
Across California, at least 50 people now Look, confirmed dude, looks like dead. The world. Thousands of structures burned to ashes. <sighs> a handful of cities still evacuated. It all began last Thursday in the Northern California in town November, of Paradise, by the way. Yeah, Simmons we were approaching Christmas Daniel, time, bro. Filming their desperate escape from the inferno. Oh my gosh, we are stuck in it. See the video of the lady rescuing all the horses? In the back seat of the car, four young children. One has asthma. Just breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathe. Put your shirt over your mouth, you guys, and breathe. Take a little breath. A little breath. The couple describing their harrowing journey to my colleague Will Carr. Oh my gosh. I think the worst part for me personally was seeing the community, seeing everybody panicking. Just watch the trees, babe. There's a woman on the side of the road running with her baby. I just replay the image over and over. She was barefooted. She was just trying to get to a police officer's vehicle um, just so they can escape. As people frantically try to drive away, the intense heat begins popping car tires. Jesus. Oh my God. It's popping their tires. There's it's explosions everywhere. Look oh at that. God. See, this is why. Look, that is that is the craziest. For people, they're just listening. The we're watching a video of people just stuck in traffic with fire on both sides. On side it road, looks like they're literally in hell. Yeah. Family calm. Oh my god. Ah! What a it's nightmare. Okay, you guys. It's okay. Just keep going. Keep going, baby. Keep going. God. Oh my god. Ah. Finally, can you imagine being a parent? No, I know. Two kids in the back. And I know. You, you got to look back oh there. Oh like it's okay. Oh Your car is consumed with fire, yeah. and you're like, we're good, guys. We're good. Just keep watching Toy Story. Fuck, dude. We to hell, but they made it. We're, we're lucky. There's so, so many, many other people, people who, who went through worse. Yeah. Today, this is what remains of Michelle and Daniel's home. Jesus they Christ. Their family, more than 50 people, are all safe. It's that fine line between just being so incredibly grateful to be alive and just so, so sad because that was our life. First responders in their town are now faced with a grim search and recovery, finding bodies in what it's used so to be so crazy. Every time I'm in California, I think of this stuff. A town once yeah. home to 27,000 like, residents. It's simply too dry. It's so dry and brown down there. Yeah. You know, and you look around, and you're just like, no one move. Yeah, <laughs> this everyone's just about to fucking set fire. A lot of people have been evacuated, and mm -hmm. it's just, it's insane. I couldn't find the video, but. I don't remember who someone posted on Instagram, like a an actor or someone, and it was a video of a lady going to back into Malibu where all the fires were. She was she was safe, and then she went back into the fire to rescue a bunch of horses, like at a stable or something. And if, the video is crazy because it's almost like you know the tunnel that goes from the suburbs into downtown Portland, right? Yeah. In twenty six, which mm -hmm. is like all of a sudden you're in the city. Yeah, that's kind of how this tunnel is into Malibu. Like you're on the the 101, and it's just kind of open coast, and the the beach is to the left, and you go through this tunnel, and then it's Malibu. But for the tunnel, it's just like a wall of fire. As soon as you get out of the tunnel, you are in hell. That's it's just a, a raging inferno. And as soon as she comes out of the tunnel, she is just like it's the most like sad, genuine like human motion. She's just sobbing. And you're just like praying that the horses will be okay. Like, please don't let the horses die. Please, please, please. And it turns out she did rescue all the horses, but that whole entire ranch burned down. It's just a fucking wild video, man. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's an easy thing to kind of forget about, too. All the animals that end up getting displaced so or, many. or killed. Dude, that area of California has a bunch of, like I said, stables, a lot of ranches. People think that Malibu is just like 
leisurely celebrity area. Right. There's a lot of that for sure. Yeah. But there's also, it's kind of rural. Like, it's really quiet. There's a lot of open space up there. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Totally nuts. That's dark. Yeah, it makes it hard to complain about all the rain we get here. I know. You know, which I'm still going to do for sure. Clearly. The next time we get rain, I'm going to be like, it's just so wet. That's what Portlanders do, bro. Yep. As soon as it's raining, we're like, I wish it were hot. And then as soon as it's like above 70, (laughs) everyone complaining about that. People in California are lucky. There's fire everywhere. It's nice and toasty. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. Well, you know, Godspeed all the people over there. Yeah, for sure. I heard Brendan Shaw point out that, you know, if there's any silver lining, at least it happened in Malibu, where the average income is pretty high. Yeah. Not that that makes it easier. And I, I hate right. when people do that. Like, what do they have to complain about? Yeah. Rich white people. I understand the logistics of that, though. But like, yeah, it, it there is some reality to that. It didn't yeah. happen in Compton. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So you hear about the Pete Davidson thing? Oh, it's my favorite Fiasco. thing ever. It's crazy. Like, listen, his, I get it. Like, you know, the guy was in war. So, like, I guess he's not, you're not allowed to make fun of him. But for what it's worth, the jokes that Pete Davidson made were hilarious. So let's set that up for people who don't know. What right. what what happened? So he uh I don't even have the dude's name. Like I very much just kind of cruised uh was it Dan Crenshaw? Yeah. So he uh he's got an eye patch and uh he he was in he was in war and he was a uh, Navy SEAL. Yeah. Yeah he's a bad it, motherfucker. Yep. Seems like a rad guy. And Pete Davidson, among other things, just said that he looks like the bad guy in every porno ever. And he did. And he one hundred percent does. Yes. Like you can't you can't gel your hair and have an eye patch. Sorry. And think people aren't gonna say that. That's right. Uh but to to Dan's credit, he he took it really well. Really and, well. Yeah. He, like but not to interrupt you, but that's exactly what we were talking about earlier. People being so sensitive. Yeah. He's the prime example of how to handle that. He almost he handled it on like a Drake level. Like Drake oh is God. kind of the, the mastermind of like People talking shit, and he just goes, okay. And he just, like, keeps walking and, and yeah. making millions. He's like, do I think he shouldn't have done it? Yeah. But right. I, what did he say? He goes, I try really hard not to offend people in my life, but I try even harder not to be offended. Right. I yeah, loved is, that. That's huge. Huge. Yeah. That's absolutely huge. And uh, this this thing they have queued up uh, was was awesome, too. They they brought Dan on to SNL, and, and they wrote, like, a cool – cool yeah. little like sketch a cool back and forth between he and pete and it was super great. entertaining okay so weekend update pete davison apologizes to lieutenant commander dan crenshaw on snl well last week pete davidson did a feature here on weekend update that caused some controversy here to set the record straight is pete davidson he's fucking funny too man he is Maybe don't wear so many pink hoodies though yeah and what i'm sure was a huge shock for people who know me I made a poor choice last week. <laughs> um, I, uh, you get away with anything when you're funny. No, I did. Yeah. Uh, I, made a, I made a joke about Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. Dan? Dan Crenshaw. And on behalf of the show and myself, uh, I apologize. Uh, my poor mom. Can you imagine being poor my mom? Can you imagine being <laughs> my mom? So that must well. suck. Can you imagine being Pete Davidson's mom? It can't be easy when everyone's mad at your son and roommate. <laughs> <laughs> He nails the self-deprecating no, but I mean, oh, dude. Uh, from the so bottom of my heart. It was a poor choice of words. Uh, the man is Perfect. a war hero, and he deserves all the respect in the world. And if any good came of this, maybe it was that for one day, the left and the right finally came together to agree on something. That I'm a dick. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so he's a congressman-elect as well. 
<laughs> Lieutenant Commander Dave Prentzer, everyone, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for making a Republican look good. Oh, you gotta stop saying that, man. <laughs> You've been saying it all day. Please. Look, I just wanted to say, uh, for people that don't know, uh, the reason you're wearing an eye patch right now is that you lost your eye to an IED in Afghanistan during your third combat tour. And uh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate you saying that. So we good? We're good. Apology accepted. Just keep breathing. breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my phone's That's Ariana Grande, right? Yeah. You gonna answer that? Pete's ex-fiance. No, no, ring because that's rude to answer. Let's just Which let it go. We all knew now. that wasn't gonna work. No. Really he gave it his best shot, though. Sure did. He's got oh, a net worth of 500k, <laughs> and the ring he got her was 100k. Ugh. So, that's right. Yeah. The fucking Last boulder week, uh, under the I made finger. a joke about a picture of you, and I feel like uh, it would only be fair if you got me back and made fun of a picture of me. Does that sound okay? I, I don't really need to do that. No, come on. I, I deserve it. All right, I'll do it. Please. One. All right. <laughs> and now, first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. <laughs> Not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on. Well, one more. This is. All right. All right. He looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, that's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, hold on. No, this, this is fun. This is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus Three. <laughs> By the way. One of these people was actually good on SNL. That's uh, Mr. Frost or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I know that? Okay, but seriously, there's a lot of lessons to learn here. Not just that the left and right can still agree on some things, but also this, Americans can forgive one another. We can remember what brings us together as a country and still see the good in each other. This is Veterans Day weekend which means that it's a good time for every American to connect with a veteran. I'm fascinated by his, his eye patch because it jams into his cheek you to meat. Say something else. Yeah, so hard, so hard. Is it a material that when you say is a never little tougher than cloth? A veteran, yeah, you it's are like hard that. plastic. As an American, yeah. you are in it with them, not separated by some imaginary barrier between civilians and veterans, but connected together as grateful fellow Americans who will never forget the sacrifices made by veterans past and present. And never forget Pretty those we lost on 9-11. For sure, Heroes yeah. like Pete's father. So I'll just say, Pete. You know, Pete's never dad forget. died in 9-11. Never forget. Yep. And that is for both of us. That's fucking dope. See, why can't there be more of that? Like, people just get so fucking bent out of shape. And they want people's jobs. And, like, hang them. Cut true. his balls off. Yeah. Take his job away. Like Bill Burr says, you always got to pull up the podium where you apologize and yeah. try to save your own job. Yeah. Yeah, man. People want blood. That's just the, the best way to handle it. I mean, Pete Davidson lucked out that this guy was so cool about it as yeah, well. Yeah, true. But even if not, I think he's smart enough to be able to roll that off. Because Pete, he didn't like come out and just be like, I am so sorry, and did a huge you know public announcement. He like just kind of was quiet for a while and then did yeah. this. Well, I think the lesson is that if you're going to make fun of people, just make sure that you have a dad that died in 9-11 <laughs> so that no shit. your shit is always worse than somebody else's. Oh, that's so Oh, did I call you a bad true. guy from every porno ever? I lost my father. Yeah, my dad died 9-11. When I was a teenager. Yeah, exactly. So maybe Fighting get, maybe get over that. Yeah, sorry. I called you a name. Insane. Very insane. In the membrane. Um, moving on, I assume everyone heard that Stan Lee passed away. 
Rest in peace. I legitimately thought he had been dead for years. Did you? I mean, that was that was literally oh my first reaction. He was old as fuck, wasn't he? How old was he? Ninety five, I think. Is that right? Yeah, ninety five. Holy shit! Yeah, so nuts. Dude, he was born in nineteen twenty two. That doesn't seem right. It's crazy. So when when was the TV invented? Uh, because if he was born before there was even a TV, and then went on to have a career where. His shit was on TV all the time. And, like, in some cases, ruled TV. 1927. So, wait. What did you say for him? 1920? 1922 was when he was born. Wow. He was born prior to the television. And, like you said, went on to be a huge influence in, yeah, like, television and movie pop culture. Yeah. That's so crazy. For those who don't know, Stan Lee is the guy that uh, started Marvel Comics. Marvel, right? Um, someone's yep. going to kill me. Yeah, yeah Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, and he always put himself in his own movies, and he always had yeah. like like a funny cameo or something. He was great, man. Great. I'm not the biggest comic book guy, so it's, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But me I, neither. Yeah. His his impact is understood. Yeah, you gotta. I get it. He he was a gangster of that world. You gotta respect it. Who's your favorite superhero? Jeez. Uh, when I was a kid, it was Spider Man. Okay, um, that's a that's that, a Stanley invention. Yep, easily my favorite uh, Saturday morning cartoon was that Spider-Man series. I don't know though. Um, it's tough, dude. When you're 32, that's kind of yeah, something that you're you, a grown man. Yeah, you let go of that. Sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, I always consider Hugh Hefner kind of a superhero. Yeah. So okay. that's my vote. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, also dead. He's also dead. Mine is Batman for sure. Yeah, that's a solid one. I like one. Batman. I like that. I think Batman is he the only one that's not actually a superhero? Like he doesn't actually have yeah. any powers. Yeah, he's just a billionaire. He's just a rich ass dude that is kind of dark, fucks a bunch of hoes. Yeah, he's he's the Donald Trump of of comic books. Yeah, he's <laughs> a he's a bad mofo. But yeah, talking about comic books when you're in your thirties is a little tough. It is. It's, it's super tough. I mean, if you you know. I know some people that, that collect them yeah. and they got some some dope ones, some rare ones. Yeah. And people are I love into it, that. Man. I mean, if you can get into the hustle of it, that's that's rad. I don't have the sure. money to do that. But but yeah, to uh to be like legit into them. But at the same time, like I also I love when people can hold on to something that, that brings like a little bit of their childhood for them. Like sure. that's the world can get kind of dark and if if scoping on some some comic books like helps you feel like some semblance of what you felt like when you were young and not worrying about shit ever. Mm-hmm. That's cool too. Um, other news: Did you hear about the teacher that fought that gets into like a full-on fist fight? I with legit a just watched this. I love it. Like I honestly, I laugh my ass off because you it's can see the moment crazy, where dude. the teacher's like, "Yo, fuck everything." Yeah, he's just like, he's like, "I, fuck I don't my give teaching fuck about my degree. Job. Fu- yeah. yeah, it's all gone. I, I'm flushing it down the toilet right now." And then here the kid, now. the whole time the kid's pushing him, he's like, "You won't do shit because you can't legally do shit." So I'm gonna keep pushing you, and then the teacher's like, "Yeah, watch this." And you see the kid go, "Check this out, fuck." I know there's like a small part of me that understands. Yeah, it's clearly not okay, but I get. Oh, it. I got a 14 year old brother, and sometimes I want to do this shit to him. Oh. So I can't now now imagine that he's not even my brother. I don't love him. Like he's for sure getting suplexed. Yeah, watch. He's like, get fuck you. Get he back. even walks away at one point. The teacher walks away, kind of like, let's let's call he walks it. Walks away. Just, oh my god. He just turned his back. He's like, we're done. This punk ass kid's calling him out from yep. the whole class. Looks like a band teacher. Yeah. Yeah, band teachers are crazy, man. Mr. Dunlop at Century High School. He was out of his goddamn mind. Oh, because they're barely teachers and they know it. They know it. 
they get paid dog shit. Yep. And it's loud every day. Mm -hmm. Their job is to listen to kids suck ass at music. Oh man, me and Chris Crumbert were such assholes in jazz band. We would like steal things, we would ditch class every day. Oh yeah, that's the class to ditch. We would take the snare drum and then run to like the, the auditorium and start making noise and you have to come find us. Like, God. Hey, be longer like, video. This kid. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, so right here. Oh! Tries to sneak him. Why is it video? I mean, he straight up hits this kid. He is just Terminator walking towards the kid. Yes. Because it gets to the point where some of the kids are like, oh, damn, yeah. But then it gets to the point where like, oh, shit, maybe we should stop this. It's a grown man being up a child. Dude, it's kind of gratifying. Yeah, it's insane. You know, because nobody got, like, seriously hurt. Sure. That's the tough thing, too. He's like, still talking shit. The kid's still talking shit. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got a lot of... He's got a lot of classmates to kind of keep his his cred up to. So what happened to the the guy? Oh, I didn't even look that up. The teacher. It's tough though being in the teacher's position because it's like you either swing on him, you knock him out in one punch as you should, and you go to prison, or you're that teacher that couldn't knock out a 14 year old. Yeah. Like I honestly, I don't know which one's worse really because he. Yes. I mean, he swung on that kid. He connected multiple times. You better put him down. Or you're gonna get some shit in that teacher's lounge. Can't say anything. Oh, so he was arrested, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's assault of a minor. That's <laughs> going to happen. Yes. It's in California, obviously. Yep. Dang. Students who use a racial slur. Martian Riley, 64. God, he was 64. That means he's like towards the end of his career. Yeah. Released November 3rd. After posting $50,000 bail, according to reports. Blah, blah, blah. I want to know what happens to him. There's a GoFundMe page for who? GoFund GoFundMe page has been created by the teacher's supporters to raise money for his legal fees. <laughs> that teacher has supporters. <laughs> Think about that. Uh, a lot of supporters, I'm sure. Which like, is what nuts. happened to that teacher that was negative? He yeah, got he got annoyed and then assaulted, assaulted that student. a child. And there's a gang of adults that are like, bro, yeah, we're behind you. That makes sense. <laughs> Trump crazy. 2020. Wow. Hey, let's uh, let's take our ceremonial piss break and then we'll come back and do a couple other things. And then I like out here. I like it. Does that work? Yep. All right, we'll be right back. Everyone, go pee break. Go. <laughs> For you guys, it's probably two seconds. For us, it was ten minutes. 
It's true. This is how time works. It's <laughs> how technology works. Hey, Alan. Yep. I have a movie pick of the week. Oh, nice. This week. I... Scratch that. I have two movies this oh, week. Oh, okay. And I just remembered the second one. But this is the main one. We'll say this is this is the main one. The other one is my B pick. What? Sub sub pick. For this week, I am going to pick Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, the story about the band Queen. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. It looks so sick. The casting is on point for Freddie yes, Mercury. Really on point. Here's what I'll say about the movie. It is exactly what I thought it would be. The I, I thought it would be a little vanilla. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. It's a little um little Disney-fied, I guess. Okay, like it's yeah. not it's not as hard core as it could have been. Um so the, you know, it's a little cheesy at moments. It's definitely but it's not a documentary, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, exactly. people fucking they get that confused when it comes to biopics or movies about people that are real in real life or whatever. Like this isn't they're not supposed to get everything correct that happened in the timeline of this band's history. Yeah. You're supposed to convey the energy and the momentum of this band and Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Because they focus on him a lot. And so they do that really well. But, you know, so they have to play up like relationships and dynamics and conversations that probably didn't happen. But right. that doesn't matter. Those details don't matter. Yeah. To be entertained, you have to suspend disbelief sometimes. Exactly. And it, it, they're trying to make a point. Like it is a crazy story. This band that was in a time where, for one, they were called Queen. They're yeah. called Queen. Yeah. And f- three out of four guys are straight in a time where, like, being homosexual is not widely accepted. No. At, at all. all. And they they really show Freddie Mercury's, he had to grapple with that a lot, and he was not out for most of the time. In fact, he basically wasn't out ever. He was out to close people, but only until later in life. I mean, he had a fiance. A, a woman for that's, years. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. He had a long time relationship with this woman who they and then they ended. They stayed friends throughout the throughout wow. the time. Anyway, fascinating story. He comes from a Pakistani family that he was raised in England, like really strict morals, you know. And for for them to accomplish what they did in the time that they did it is crazy. And the style of music they did, like the whole story, like there's no reason that they should have been as big as they were, right. except that they were just simply amazing, mm-hmm. right? And that Freddie Mercury was such a presence. Yeah, Arguably they, were such a, the best. they were a large band, man. It Huge. Was just, I remember hearing those those songs early on when I was younger and just massive. They're so, uh, yeah. just anthems, a lot of them. Yeah, and like he he's arguably one of the best uh, front men of all time. Yeah. the show Such I also I write a song yeah. our lead singer just quit but then you'll need someone new I love the way you move on stage the whole room belongs to you don't you see what you could be no one will play us on the radio we need to get experimental the casting is so accurate to me. they look exactly like do it again 
One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Mark these words. No one will play a queen. Fortune favors the bold. That was Mike Myers. Freddie, concerning your there. private life. Really? What more do you need to know? I make music. I want to give the audience a song that they can perform. What's the lyric? Ready, Freddy? Let's do it. You need to slow down, Fred. I just need a bit of time. What if I don't have time? That show right there, the Live Aid concert. Yeah. They do that because I've probably watched that performance a hundred times. Yeah, it's iconic. It's amazing, yeah. right? It is iconic. It's one of the best of all time. And they do it to a T in the movie. I mean, that is a documentary. They do yeah. it perfect like the Pepsi can is where it should be. Wow. The way that That's... he like it's it's perfect. Wasn't there a rumor that Fucking uh, nailed it, man? Wasn't Sasha Baron Cohen supposed yeah. to play? Yeah, man. And he pulled out because he thought that the the script wasn't like as hard edged as it could have been. Kind of yeah. like my critiques of the movie. Yeah, and also like yeah, it was that, and he knew too much about Freddie Mercury. Like, there's stories that he was a fucking animal. Right. Like, yeah. He I, was in his. I believe it. Yeah, his party days, he was fucking nuts. Like uh, midgets with platters of cocaine walking around. Well, yeah. Think about the opportunities that he had. Like he was able to do things that whatever you wanted. Yeah, people might want to do, but not have enough people to. I'm sure that there was just a a train of people that were like, yeah, well, whatever you want. Suck your dick if you coke, whatever the fuck you want, man. Yeah, and like that was again. There is no internet. There, you know, like rock stars were fucking mysterious legends back then. Yeah, you only saw them either live. Or on a like a fucking magazine cover. Yeah. Or the liner notes of an album. That's the only time you saw these guys. Yeah, celebrity was just it was much bigger. Yeah, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted, man. That's why Zeppelin was so fucking crazy. That's why Queen was so crazy. Yeah. No one told them no ever, and there's no public shaming. There's none of the stuff that exists now. Yeah, there's to a large degree. There's no consequences. Zero. There's not. There's no TMZ to follow yeah. your ass around. Yeah, some of those guys are paying for it now. Then you oh, find yeah. out that Jimmy Page had been fucking a fourteen-year-old girl most of his, of that time. Yeah, gross. Yeah, a lot of those guys were doing that. Yeah, super duper gross. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, <laughs> so you're a your mom's house podcast fan, right, Alan? Yeah, yeah. So I assume you've been keeping up with their Garth Brooks. Yes, yeah. Garth Brooks love. I just love that, that that whole thing is so funny because I would probably see it and be like, whoa, what a weirdo, and I'd move on. And, the way that the, yeah, I know. And they just, they're like, no, this is a thing. We could easily make a bit out of this. Dude, it's it's so funny. He really is like the cringiest. Even Chris D'Elia did it. Dorkiest. Yeah, he did the exact thing. So I'm going to play something. If anyone wants to have a good laugh, just type in Garth Brooks Facebook. 
And when he, when he, had, <laughs> a few years, he's just such a dad. He's such a dad. They what do they call it? A dad boner. Yeah, a dad boner. He he joins Facebook way late in the game, and he makes this video announcing to his audience that he's on Facebook now. And it's the most like disingenuine, bizarre way to announce that you're on Facebook. It's super like rehearsed and not you know in the moment. Okay, let's see. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start. But then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. I like that. But I'm already finding out on my own. So it's wiping the walls out between you and me. And I really like that. Ah. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, the hotel room. Ah. When I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat, neat stuff. stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like Why this. Why is this sensual? Because it's just who I am. Oh. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the, the conversation, conversation begin. begin. Yeah, I feel like this video is going to get posted to his personal Tinder after this. <laughs> no. It's got such a dating vibe to it. I also like the, the camera angle is from his chest up. I like to imagine yeah. that he's just, it's just naked. Shirt and then no, no pants, pants. Just going full toddler. Balls out. Yep. That's exactly. Sick. Super gross. So I wanted to play that for everyone. Such an awkward dude. Um, I'm all over the place. But have have you watched the Defiant ones, Alan? I haven't. No, that that and 400 other things have been on my list for dude, quite a while. So fucking rad. Yeah, that's all I, I hear. Mean, you're a music industry fella. Yeah. So I mean, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre for sure. But Jimmy Iovine is my hero. Yeah. He's, I, he's everything I, need I to want watch to be it. when I grow up. He's the guy, for those who don't know, he was a producer in the 70s, produced everybody, like Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac, Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, uh, John Lennon, like all that era. Then he goes on, he kind of gets tired of producing and wants to start a label, so he starts Interscope Records, like legendary, everything that me and you grew up listening to yeah, is on everyone's that label. Heard Everyone. Interscope. And he's one of the first guys. He's just so smart. Like he, the vision is so broad and, and big. So then he signs Dr. Dre, and gives him his own label. And right. he gives Dr. Dre, who is also a producer, the ability to go and develop people. So of course, what is Dr. Dre? Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. fucking Eminem, Eminem and yeah. Fifty Cent, like all those dudes. And then on the other side of the table, he signs Trent Reznor. Jeez. And then Trent Reznor goes and signs. Uh, Marilyn Manson, like that whole thing, and it was just in the '90s when like the music was at it, the, the music industry was just peaking at like volatile, like Tupac and you know the East Coast West Coast rap thing was happening under Interscope, and like Manson being super um, like in your face, and people were like burning his records and banning him from coming to their town. Yeah, he was super controversial. It's very controversial time, and then so that you know they do that for a while, and then. So Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre were always like business partners and they always got along. And Jimmy Iovine and him go and start uh, Beats by Dre. So they start the headphone company. And that, everyone around him is like, why are they starting a fucking company about headphones? Like, we want Dr. Dre to be in the studio. What is he doing? But it's just, it was, again, bigger picture stuff. Right. So because if they had a technology company, then they bring in Apple. So then like Steve Jobs starts helping him with the hardware for the headphones. And like coaching Jimmy Iovine. And so then 
then they start Apple Music or uh, uh, um, Beats. What's that called? Like Beats, the the streaming service that's owned oh, through right. Apple. Yeah, yeah. And that's that ended up selling for three point two billion dollars. So Dr. Dre, who grows up in Compton, Jimmy Iovine, who grows up in Red Hook, Brooklyn, is a poor Italian boy. Both of these poverty-stricken dudes grow up to be billionaires, and all through music. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so it's so, so rare that you have that sort of a an upbringing, and you're not just hungry as shit. Yeah, you try to figure it out, and people yeah. want you know Dr. Dre. To your point, they want him in the studio, but that's just not where his inspiration was at the time, mm-hmm. and he wants to do his thing, and then lo and behold, it's successful because it's yeah. got there's drive behind it. Yeah, and now you know they they own everything. They own the industry. Yeah, like, they, it's it's hard not to hear their name, you know. Yeah, every other day. It's on HBO. I think it's a four part miniseries. Punch in a little bit later. Check, check, check. We're talking about Jimmy and Dr. Dre. Jimmy Iovine is the levitator. Dre is the innovator. I need something a little bit more impressive. Bruce taught me a work ethic. I had to work harder than the next guy just to do as well as the next guy. And to do better than the next guy, I had to kill. I knew that I had to be a success at something. It's Friend so of mine good, put together two I love turntables. This I started yeah, it looks doing super well produced too. I wanted to be able to get in there and rock. I think Rattle and Hum was Jimmy's last Oh, time. you too. I think we broke I didn't want to see a studio. No doubt. I was done. So I said, maybe I can start a record company. I got to find great producers, and I produced them. This was that do or die album. Put my body into this record. I'm playing it for everybody. For some reason, everybody's turning me down. Nobody wanted to deal with this gangster rap thing. They were afraid to deal with the people. The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Interscope Cross, the line of decency. All I remember is that Dre came in to play us the chronic. I said, who recorded this for you? He said, me. I said, wow, this guy will define Interscope. Jimmy was like, I want to get you guys on the cover of the Rolling Stones magazine. Like you guys are like Mick and Keith. I'm like, who the fuck is Mick and Keith? Nigga, <laughs> fuck the Rolling Stones magazine. Nigga, I want to be on the Source magazine cover. That is hip-hop supremacy. <clears throat> that motherfucker blew up. I mean, I ain't never had that many white people coming to me in my whole life. Okay, so fast forward to... Holy shit, this is Jimmy Ivey. Holy shit, Dr. Dre just walked in. He props that tape then. I'm blown the fuck away. I'm pissing myself now thinking about it. Jimmy Iovine, he was walking up the beach, and I told him about my lawyer approaching me about a sneaker company that wants to endorse something. Out of the blue, he's like, Dre, man, fuck sneakers. No, you don't sell sneakers, you sell all kinds of different speakers. Yeah, you know what? We could call it Beats. Everything that I've done in my career, I've always been underestimated. Fear's a powerful thing. It's got a lot of firepower. It was the beginning of making fear a tailwind instead of a headwind. That's so good. And Jimmy Iovine, man, he's he's my guy. That's cool. Yeah, I will watch that for sure. I just love his whole approach to the industry and just like anything professional. He, he's obsessed with just serving, you know, being of service to your client and the people you work with. Yeah. Adding as much value as you possibly can. Yeah, he's a great mind. Yeah, man. He's he's a fucking animal. He's like in his 60s now. I mean, he's been around forever. Damn. Oh, it's fine. I said I was going to do a, a second movie pick. Oh, right. That's right. 
So the other one I want to do is a movie that I just saw recently called Overlord. Oh, yeah. Real, really fun movie. Was it good? Yeah, I loved it. That was super funny. I'm not really into that genre, but it, it's kind of, I'm kind of into it. Like, just from yeah. the trailer that I've seen, it looks cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I love this. Like, I'm a big horror movie, like, you know, over the top. It's funny, but it's kind of horror. Oh, it's, like, cool. creepy. It's really fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be based in World War II, and they, they come across this, Three months ago, I was cutting grass in my this like, yard. basement thing where there's a bunch of people being experimented on. Nazis are creating like the super human. It's fucking so cool. But they're basically zombies. No idea yeah. where I'm gonna end up. understood how people get excited about being scared it's an uncomfortable wow. feeling really yeah i don't need shit popping out at me and well so for me I, my wife got me into it because i think i used to agree with you do girls love I horror see it movies differently now. it's weird she's not a typical girl okay. not like that yeah. she likes them she's like she's immune to them i mean her idea of a saturday morning so here's our saturday morning i usually sleep in later than she does she gets up early and she'll watch a horror movie by herself before I get up. And I'll come out in the living room. She's like snuggled up with, you know, the fucking blanket and a cup of coffee. And you think she'd be watching like Sleepless in Seattle or something. And she's watching the most horrific shit on television. And she's just completely like super wow. happy. Because it's like, I think horror movies just make you, um, they're so over the top yeah. that it becomes funny. So right. we're, we're always laughing at them. They're just so like, I don't know. I well, it's weird because it. like, I don't, I love them. I don't like your typical horror movie, but then I, I'm obsessed with, you know, sword and scale. And I think for me, I need it to be real to, to give a shit. The thing I always talk about is right. uh, one of my favorite movies for, you know, 60% of it was uh, Jeepers Creepers. I was like, I love the idea of these, yeah. these teenagers driving by this dude in a trench coat and he's throwing bodies down this like sewer drain thing. That is so sick because that could really happen. That's badass. Cut to he's got wings and he's a dragon and I'm 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 over see, it's it. It's fun. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. Just, at that point, I'm oh, just, I, see what I don't you're care. Saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not real. Because it's and not I real. So I, I have this weird like kind of inability to stay into something if gotcha. I don't see it happen. It's got to you got to feel like this could actually happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's creepier to me and I'm a little more intrigued. Yeah. But as soon as he's you know got wings and a tail and yeah, he's flying like, okay. above their car, yeah, yeah, I just I don't care. I think for me, like I'm such a nerd, the horror movies are more of like it's just a cultural thing. Like I I like the makeup, you know, like zombie shit. Like I love right. Shaun of the Dead. It's one of the funniest movies ever made. Um, I like the like pulpy, campy, 
yeah goofy side to horror movies. I love the aesthetics of I all like. those. I mean, that's kind of where it came from. The sky came from was like that B movie, that B <laughs> horror film kind of yep, exactly that vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's honestly what my wife and I love the most about horror movies. It's not we don't the scary factor has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And in fact, the more serious the horror movie is, the less I usually like it. Have you seen that? Uh, it's Bill Burr's in it. It's called uh, Zombiever. No. It's like a beaver it's zombie like a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. see that right on my alley. I want to watch that so bad. Yeah, that, that sounds It great. looks horrendous. Yeah, see, looks like terrible. that I could watch because it has like a legit uh, like com- comedic bend to it. Right. That I would love. Um, but, gotcha. you know, I watched like, uh, I watched Babadook. Have you seen See, that? I haven't. It looks boring as fuck. It, it's pretty fucking horrifying in certain areas, but uh, you know, it was it was all right. I liked uh, Cabin in the Woods. Was Cabin in the Woods is great. It's it's so funny and like yeah. over the top. See, I love that. That's yeah, when like it's right when it's alley. more slasher than like jump scare. Yes. I can I can support that a little more. I don't like jump scare. I don't like. I mean, the like serious drama ones, like uh, The Shining and stuff. That's yeah. that's a fine line for me. I love yeah. The Shining. But there's a lot of movies that just bore me that try to be like that. Yeah. Well, isn't The Shining long as shit, too? Really long. Yeah. But, and that's not a scary movie. What's scary is, it's kind of to your point, it's that it's like the reality of a, a guy losing his mind. Yeah. So it's all about someone losing their mind mm-hmm. and the slow process of going crazy and being like cooped up in this hotel yeah. during the winter. Absolutely. Um, another really good one is Hereditary. I highly recommend that one. I've heard a lot that's about that one. That's definitely serious, but just yeah. so well done and beautifully done. I still a, a movie that I want to watch. I just can't. I can't get myself to do it. Is uh, Strangers? I mean, I think that came out in two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, that fun. Yeah, nice, fun. Yeah, there's I, even a Strangers two now. To this day, I've made it. I think six minutes in, I attempted to watch Strangers, and I remember specifically she's got the woman in in the in the house. She grabs a butcher knife and she's about to open the the curtains a little bit with it, and I just paused it, and I was like, No, I'm good. No, I'm done. And I just stopped because I was just, just anticipating go- something. Oh, because you genuinely don't want to be scared. No, no, I'm not trying to. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I'm. This, that's so funny to me. To, to give you an idea, my my favorite genre is comedy. Like, right. I'll just I'll watch Super Troopers over and over and over until the gotcha. DVD breaks. Gotcha. Uh, I just I love that so much, dude. So, I'm gonna tell you a little secret, and luckily no one's listening right now. Mm-hmm. But my wife and I we watched You've Got oh wow see i could watch that easily dude it is so crazy yeah it is so so crazy yeah it's for one it's so outdated yes you've got mail yep it was outdated the day after it was released yeah the fact that the the premise of the movie was based on that is amazing i love watching movies that depicted what they thought technology was at the oh, time yeah. or where it was going i love watching hackers with angelina jolie <laughs> amazing that was Ama- so great the internet or yeah. the net yeah the way That's that they one. hack is like you you fly through you this fly city through, made yeah. of circuits it's crazy it's, just, it's the stupidest they shit just, of all time oh and the, and the other thing about you've got mail that makes it so over the top is that it truly is a movie for people who can't stand being sad Right. They like they require happiness in their yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. They have to have it because it doesn't allow you to be upset for one second. I kind of want to watch it. It's now. Meg Ryan like super bippy boppy with their fucking haircut. Yeah. And it, the sun is always shining. Everyone's always happy, even in moments where like they're talking about serious stuff, like her mom had passed away. But it's done in a light, happy way. You see. Yeah, yeah. And everything works out. Everyone ends up together. It's so. It's. 
<laughs> Crazy. That's how shit was back then. Like even the TV show Friends. Oh, exactly. Friends was like that. It demands you to be happy. Everything's fucking rad you all simply the time. Can't, yeah, all the time. Somehow she affords to live in this apartment. I don't care how many times people have explained to me that it's Monica's parents who's handed to her, and that's why she can afford it. Yeah. Still, she lives in Manhattan. It's still like they go through. One of them will go through a breakup, and then all of the other friends they get together support and they them. support. No, I've no. gone through breakups. No one gives a shit. They still have no jobs to fuck. go to. Like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, they're tired they're of work. you talking about your ex, and they're like, just like, dude, not, get over it. Yeah, get over it. All right, guy. But instead, they all bake cookies together, and six separate adults like all watch a, bunch a movie. Of losers and, too. Yeah, can you imagine every day going to someone's house, your buddy's house, with like. What is it? Six best friends? Yeah, I think three so. Three and three, right? Three yep. girls, three boys. If I had a friend that was <laughs> like, oh, insane. me and five other friends are going to go over and, and hang out, I'd be like, you're for sure all fucking. This is yeah, like, like a, why? It's a gangbang. Just call it a gangbang. I'm to the point now, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but like, I need a reason to hang out. Yeah. Uh, oh, what, what are we? Are we doing something business? Are, are right, we doing a right. podcast? Or like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, we're just hanging out? Yeah, when you're younger, somebody can come over and just jump on your couch. You don't even really answer the door. It's just unlocked. They come over and you watch TV, and that's what you were going to do anyway. That's what you're going to do. Now that is so weird. That's so weird for a grown man to go over to another grown – like, what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, we can meet up and, like, grab a drink or go to a show or whatever, but – Yeah, there's a a thing. Don't you have some shit to do? Go do something. Yeah, I know. It's it's the amount of time that we used to just waste when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, it's because we had the time to waste. Just sitting around. Yeah, now we don't. For like a couple of days at a time yeah. sometimes. We'd yeah, spend the night at each other's houses. My parents, my dad, he pro- he thought I was gay. I'm sure he had to. Have th- he, I remember him asking me like, or like making a remark. He was like, what do you mean you went and stayed at Dylan's house with eight of your best friends? What are you talking about? Who does that? I never did that. <laughs> That's you all crazy. slept in the same room? Yeah. That's weird, James. That's how you do it, man. It's like, yeah, well, that's just what we do. It was a blast. And then typically a fight would break out between at least two of, course. of those dudes. And... A lot of fist fights. Yep. Well, I think we covered the world. I, I think, think we so did too. it. We got a lot accomplished. Um, welcome to the podcast now, Alan. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. It's fun. Yeah. I, I feel good about One it. One in the it's, bag. It's free therapy, man. I just get to oh, it's the best. talk a shitload. Now I don't want to talk, which is awesome. It feels it, really relaxing. Yes. This is the best. Yeah. I, I love doing the podcast. Yeah. I have for a while. And I think this is going to be a really good, you know, next step. Yeah. Well, it's going to get cooler every time. You know, we'll we'll get the, the studio looking dope and yeah. get some cool people in here. And Yeah. So, I mean, we're not sure. Like, it's just going to be kind of all over the place. We'll have probably guests more often than we, than we don't, right? Yeah, I would, I would imagine. imagine. Yeah. And then when we don't, it'll be like tonight. Maybe we'll have a friend over that won't really be a guest, but they'll just kind of be in the room with us. And, uh, yeah, feel free to hit us up with any ideas you have for the show or, you know, if you run a small business or you're in a band and you want to have us give a shout-out, we're always looking for that as well. Feel free to hit me up. And Alan? Where can they find you, Alan? Um, I would say uh, my Instagram is just at it came from the sky. Other than that, alanashcraft.com pretty easy to remember that's my website and then uh yeah that's about it i'm not giving you my phone number so don't do it they'll never leave you, you gotta earn that one yep but yeah I'm, I'm very reachable sweet yeah please reach out to us you can find me at james ian macmillan and stateside is at stateside mgmt um you know the drill if you are in a band you're looking for a producer mix engineer or someone to collaborate hit us up 
we have people that can do just that. Um, please go visit Travis Ball. He has a new Spotify playlist for his works. It's a good way to kind of see some of the stuff he's worked on. Uh, Ryan Lewis has a release pretty recently with a band called Pacific Meantime. They're a Portland-based band. Super fucking rad band. You'd, you'd probably dig them out. I'll check them yeah, out. Yeah, they're really fucking cool. Pacific Meantime? Pacific Meantime. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. But I actually have their CD and perfect they, they made they made a run of cassette tapes oh that's killer isn't that rad yeah i love yeah. that and i love the sound of a good analog tape mm-hmm. it's good um other than that we'll be here next week we're gonna try to do this every wednesday or somewhere around that yeah, time yeah. of the week at least once a week yeah at least once a week and uh please share like subscribe download the show tell your friends about it we're really trying to do this thing to the fullest fullest extent right yeah 100%. video fucking sponsor share it we, we're, we're, we're down we're yeah it's do gonna, the whole it'll thing. get cooler every week absolutely all right well thank you so much for checking out the show guys alan say your thing later there it is <laughs> <laughs> that's his that's his signature sign off <laughs> all right thank you guys for checking out the show we'll see you next week bye